When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hi, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, but I am waiting on the results of a PCR test. So far, so predictable. But actually, it's my second test in 24 hours because the first test was void, which I think falls in the middle of it's less annoying than a positive test but more annoying than a negative test. And so I'm sort of day two of my of being housebound. Also, doesn't part of you just sort of wish that you have COVID and you're symptomless and it's done? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I have no symptoms. I just came into contact with someone who is positive. So I'm sort of doing the sort of civilian duty thing. But it's hard to know what to want, isn't it? Yes, exactly. What do I want? And then if you do have it, then you're stuck at home, locked in a room for 10 days. And is that awful or is that kind of really (laughs) cosy? Exactly. And if I'm symptomless, you know, and then it's done, it's done. Yeah, imagine. None of this threat above us. Of how um, bad will it be? And will it just be flu? And then on day eight, will it somehow accelerate? And will it get scary? And, you know. Or will I have long COVID or what? So, you know, obviously, I wish everybody who's unwell right now speedy recovery but i'm just currently in this weird negative void positive limbo Hmm. how are you well i'm glad you asked i'm not glad you asked i'm annabelle (laughs) i'm absolutely fine but my toaster is broken and i resent the toaster for being broken i resent all toasters at the moment uh, and i'm i'm too mean and resentful to replace the toaster and it's doing this thing where i press down the thing and it stays down for about 20 seconds and it pops up and I press it down and then I'm continue doing something unedifying like uh, you know unloading the dishwasher or descaling the kettle <laughs> not really and then I press it down I press it down and then the toast ends up burnt and then I eat the burnt toast because you know yeah. of course you do and also I don't I'm looking around for toasters of 24.99 or something and they're all awful I hate all the toasters they're all awful. And okay, now, so this brings me to like a mid-alt confession moment where I tell you basically what I think is the worst, most horrific thing we've ever done, which involves a toaster. And that Does it is... involve sex and a toaster? No, no, it doesn't involve sex and a toaster. I'm not sure how that would work. Um, but I'm just now thinking about <laughs> Think that. Think about Sorry. it for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> but it involves finding we had an infestation of rodents about five six years ago and three years ago we found (laughs) a dead mouse in the tray the bottom tray of our toaster you think it had been there for two years yeah we think it had been there for two years and we've been toasting happily for two years just nobody had found it and then we pulled the squish dead fried atrophied mouse out and (laughs) sorry threw the mouse away and then carried on. You've made me toast at your house. I have made you toast in the mouse. That is a mouse terrible, <laughs> terrible story. 
that and and the, and what what makes me most frustrated about that story is that you are the good guys because sustainability yeah. dictates that you can't be throwing away toasters for things as trivial as you know atrophied dead bodies that have been lying there <laughs> radiating disease for two years no no keep the toaster but it is it is horrific isn't it every now and then i think about the fact that we've done this and i'm genuinely horrified with myself and I it is a horror I mean... story <laughs> and it's nearly halloween so i'm glad that you picked this week to tell your horror story <laughs> I feel so ashamed. Please, nobody judge me or spit at me. Well, in the you know, it's Halloween and we all need a bit of a thrill. I tell you what, yes. you, know, um, you know those houses that you go into at like fun fairs and they're designed to, to scare to scare the living daylights out of you. The ones with, you know, moving floors and skeletons that leap out of the gloom. You know, the, the houses of horrors. Yeah. So it, it got Emily and I thinking about what would be in, in, in the middle house of horrors. <laughs> and we thought that um, inevitably the first room that we'd walk into would be a hall of mirrors. It would have many, many mirrors in it, which in itself is fucking terrifying. <laughs> I know, you don't want to see yourself from any angle at all. No. <laughs> but when you looked in the first mirror, and you'd have to look, it'd be like Clockwork Orange, there'd be no choice. You'd have to look. And you'd, you'd spot a chin hair in the mirror, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't have any tweezers on you and you wouldn't be able to pluck it with your, with your fingernails. So you'd fiddle and you'd worry away at it. And you'd try to get it until you'd created a spot. And then you'd move on to more mirrors. And as you progressed, you'd see hairs sprouting out of all sorts of odd and <laughs> awkward places. Your ears, your nose, your, your chin, your upper lip, chest hairs. And, and, you, and you'd, move, you'd move on and gradually <laughs> you'd end up with a full face beard <laughs> like Michael J. Fox in Teen Wolf, but very, very much less sexy. <laughs> oh my God, that's so horrible. I think that next... Okay, just to keep with the horror, is you then go into the temperature room, okay, which is effectively like a sweat box, but you are not allowed to take off any layers, okay? And what are you wearing? You are obviously wearing a large and very ugly ankle-length puffer, puffy coat, you know, like a puffer. Like a walking coat. Yeah, your walking coat. You're wearing a walking coat. Just (laughs) when you think you can't, so you're sweating, you can't take off your coat, you're wriggling, you're standing there, it's like terrible and just when you suddenly think you can't take it anymore there's a cooling breeze so you start to regulate and just when you start to properly regulate the heat starts to rise again and you will literally tear the walls with your bare hands to get out of this room yes and once you've done that you tear (laughs) down the walls with your claws your gnarled claws and then you find yourself in the voice notes room. <laughs> oh my God, just the word voice note is a two-word fucking horror story. Well, exactly. And I want to know when people decided, at what point did people decide that voice notes were less intrusive and annoying than voicemails? Okay. I mean, suddenly voice notes are the acceptable face of voicemail. They're exactly <laughs> the same. In this room, you have to listen to all the voice notes before you're allowed to leave the room. And every single voice note, I'm going to keep saying voice note, every single <laughs> fucking voice note is asking you to do something annoying like, volunteer and man a stall or save the date for a party somewhere far away and expensive full of people you've been trying to avoid for 20 years or read a report and write a report on the report by tomorrow morning jesus this is That's a nightmare. the voice note room it's, it's a house of horrors i we know okay all right so then the next room is a party room where oh ev- no <laughs> no but wait it's worse it gets Everyone, worse than a party basically Everyone is beautifully dressed. I mean, like, but beautifully dressed, like relevant, edgy even. Like they've been styled for a magazine or something. 
but you haven't and you look down and suddenly you have shed your puffy jacket and you're wearing the Zara polka dot nighty dress and shitty oh. flip flops. You know that Zara dress that so many, so many people had. It was almost like a joke. An yes, army white people... with black spots. Yes. What yeah. state are your feet in? You say flip flops, and I go, "How are the feet?" Oh yeah, no, and of course the hairs from the from the hairy mirror room have not gone <laughs> from your feet. So you're basically sprouting hairs out of your big toe. And everybody, by the way, sorry, everybody looks beautiful and is dressed beautifully, but they are also all talking about interest rates and how they are definitely going up, like sort of crazy up. It is how it's a nightmare it's a nightmare <laughs> but just just to raise you from the party room i'm going to lead you slash drag you into the next room which is actually your kitchen oh, oh that's not so scary well, it's your kitchen the oh but hang house. on <laughs> <laughs> yes your kitchen is terrifying <laughs> but um but it, it's my kitchen it's all of our kitchens and um and, and so that, that's fine but hang on hang on hang on what there's there's a noise what's that noise oh oh it's a drip oh there's a leak there's a leak. It's slightly leaking somewhere, but you, you can't find the leak. The leak oh keeps moving. And then it dawns on you that actually everything, everything is leaking. Your house <laughs> is leaking. <laughs> Your body is leaking. Emotionally, you've been incontinent for years. Um, everything is somehow leaking into everything else. Oh. It's sort of cross-contaminating. And not only that, but the door to get out of this hellhole of a kitchen, this, this flooded fucking shit show room that is your life... <laughs> In order to get to the door, you have to close some drawers. You, you can close some drawers. This is not your first rodeo. But wait, there are tongs and spatulas and that particular oversized fork that you hate blocking the glide of the drawers. So you panic, you panic and it takes you forever. And when finally shaking with stress and, and, and misery, you manage to open the door to leave, you cannot cross the threshold without stubbing your toe. <laughs> Basically, this is just like our terrible lives. It's just an evening. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a quiet evening at home. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so this is the last room and you think, okay, you've nearly made it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah you know, we can do one more room. It'll be <laughs> we fine. We can do one It'll more room. Yeah. And it's dark in this next space, which is really nice. But And hold on. Wait, you see a palm tree or a wave crashing on golden sand. Ah, is it the meditation room? Ah, the walls are suddenly alive with sensational holiday destinations that you can in no way afford. Oh, yes. <laughs> Look at the stripiness of that sunbed. Look at the sort of glistening cocktail. Listen to the... And the sea, the sea, the sea. Oh, my God. The lapping of the infinity pool and the promise of a four-hour massage. It's lotus. It's the, it's the white lotus without any of the dicks. <laughs> And you or are death. Yes, exactly. And you are immersed, immersed in holidays that you will not go on, like <laughs> like that Van Gogh exhibition that you also not go to. Um, <laughs> and you are coping with this less and less well. It's everything. It's all the disappointment crashing like waves over your thing about your financial situation, your your freedom situation, every other other fucking situation. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're coping with life less and less well, really, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel really bad, actually. I feel bad that we might be giving people nightmares. Oh, I don't. Let's do some more nightmares. So I'm going to take you, House <laughs> of Horrors, and I'm going to raise you uh, with the fact that it's nearly time, Emily, to switch from our regular anxiety to our fancy Christmas anxiety. Uh, hey, look at that time to tension. the halls with Christmas <laughs> panic. Yeah. Fa-la-la-la-la. Because I'm actually doing of... a pelvic floor exercise in panic, that clenching. Well, that's a very healthy response, I think. <laughs> Glad you think so. But it's the end of October. Yes. And so it, we're just in the start of Christmas panic. Yes, it's just the tiny, like, holly 
bush version. Questions like, maybe this Christmas I could just be at home by myself. Could I? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so there was there was a lockdown and Christmas was cancelled and it was terrible and we should be grateful that we might all be together again. But could we also just be at home by ourselves? <laughs> and the answer to that question is always no. It's always no. Um, also, that small minor question of how will I afford it? Oh, just a minor question. I mean, let's face it, the overdraft is hanging by a thread. Everything is suddenly 10 million times more expensive. Oh my God, you know, turkeys are about to cost more than small cars if we ever get hold of one. Do you think they'll be be turkey dealers sort of (laughs) lurking on street corners? Yes, I've got a 15 pounder. I don't know if that's good size for a turkey, but anyway. I think that's that's pretty big. That's like two babies. Okay, I've got a six pounder. You'd be done you'd be done for possession with possession with intent to deal if you had a fifteen pounder, I think. Could you imagine? Possession I mean, with intent to supply. And the thing is is that because we missed Christmas, as to your point, your last point, does that mean it has to be bigger and better than ever? So whilst it's co- everything is costing more, it's got to be bigger and better. Yeah, we're not um, earning any more money. And even without the economics degree or even sort of basic maths, we know that that doesn't work. So should we, you know, should we be doing something else now? Should we be doing more, something extra in order to afford it? Do we have any more gas in the tank? And then you remember, there literally is no more gas. <laughs> Fucking hell, what a nightmare. <laughs> Which leads me to wonder, will the lights I hang outside the house to be cheery and have left out there for two years in all the weather so that they are now sort of beaten and, and tangled and mangled beyond recognition, will they still work? <laughs> How long will it take me to untangle them? I mean, obviously, I can't untangle them because the stress of that would kill me. The stress of thinking about that is almost. You have to go up a ladder. Okay, stop. No, 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 no. So, I, so I guess what I will do, in the spirit of abundance and excess, is just add more lights. (laughs) Where the fuck did I put the other lights? Oh, they're in the drawer of death, probably. So they'll be tangled round batteries and, and, you know, charges from old fax machines. God knows what. So can I untangle them? No, obviously I can't untangle anything. So maybe I could just light them in a clump and pretend <laughs> it's an installation. <laughs> this, is, I mean, this is what I think about Christmas, a sort of blob of light. Yes, yeah, a protest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And, 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 but, you know, none of us are going to be able to afford the electricity bill. So fuck the lights. The power grid will probably have been, you know, failed by then anyway. We'll all be in darkness. We'll all be in darkness. I also feel like uh, sort of a little bit like your can I just be home by, by yourself? Can we just be home by ourselves? Sort of regular question, Christmas question. Is the other one is should we do something different? Like, OK, you know, life is too short, right? How many more Christmases until, well, not Death. many. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh. <laughs> um, God, we're full of the joys of dicks and death. And uh, so, should we go away? Should we? I mean, obviously, we can't afford it. As for the horror room, should we book shows? Should we go to exhibitions? Should we improve ourselves somehow over this festive season? And should we? I mean, obviously, yes. And will we? Obviously, yeah, I no. Mean, obviously, no. And then, so then you think about what might happen. You think. Will there be any Christmas parties? And you think, oh my goodness, after everything we've been through, it would be so awful if there aren't. <laughs> and then you think, oh my God, after everything we've been through, it would be so awful if there are. I agree. That's like the catch 22, the party catch 22. It's like, I don't want to go, but I, at the same time, it's sad if there aren't any there. So and you I ask mean, yourself, will it all get cancelled again? Yeah, I know. Is there any point in booking or even worrying about booking anything, planning anything? Can we invest emotionally or financially in anything? Is there any point? Or should we just stay floppy and accept the inevitable disappointment? 
Yeah, because as we said at the beginning, uh, it's it's really hard to know what we want. Yeah, what do we want? What do we want for Christmas? Well, what do we want for Christmas? It's We ought to have a really good, sensible list of answers for this now. But the problem is, don't really want anything except for proper jewellery or two weeks in the Maldives or world peace. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> Might as well say bath oil. <laughs> I know, it's such a consolation prize, isn't it? Like, hi, okay, fine, just bath oil. Bath Although fine. if it's Olverum bath oil, O-L-V-E-R, U-M, then it's pretty good bath oil. That's true. It is excellent bath oil. We interrupt this broadcast with a news flash. Yes, I am getting a third piercing, a third ear piercing, which means I'm now obsessed with creating the perfect stack. Um, listen, I'm a proper amateur because I only got my ears pierced for the first time two years ago. But naturally now I want to really load up. Never go halves. And it's also <laughs> confusing. And plus the confusion of the consumer guilt. Well, hold on there. We have discovered a fantastic jewellery brand called Ana Luisa. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, whose entire mission is to prove that high quality jewellery shouldn't cost the planet. So it's guilt free shopping that doesn't cost the earth or the earth. And they are giving I'm absolutely fine listeners 10% off with the code absolutely fine at analuisa.com. It's a treasure trove. Anyway, back to my perfect stack. <laughs> You're like, stop with the science bit. <laughs> so we've chosen um, a mixture of some mid-sized gold hoops and chunky little huggies and cheeky sort of lightning bolt drops, that kind of thing. Um, and they're giving us real joy. And there's quite a lot to be said for joy at the moment. Also, they're well-priced enough to make quite thrilling presents. So if you're looking forward to Christmas with kind of panic, you might want to get busy. Um, they release new jewellery collections every Friday at analuisa.com, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Now use the code absolutely fine for a 10% discount. Now we are big fans of their metal and their message. And if you head over to Insta, you can see our stacks. Oh, that sounds rude. Yeah, everything sounds rude <laughs> if you try hard enough. Anyway, 10% off with the code absolutely fine. I tell you what else I want. What do you want? I really, really want a medal. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I need a medal for all the tiny little victories, tiny things that I am doing well. The very well, small number of those things that I want very, those to be rewarded. I think that's very emotionally healthy and self-loving of you. But, oh. you know, I've been thinking about this. So, example, I didn't drink last night. Not even one, not even that one drink that I had pre-decided wouldn't count because who counts one drink? Bravo. Not even a spritzer. And I'm kind of delighted with myself because I've broken a habit. I have willpower. I'm maybe not the alcoholic. I was starting to lazily wonder if I might be. So well done me. And then I started thinking, well, I went out to dinner last week wearing what could be loosely considered an outfit. Didn't cancel. Didn't leave halfway through. Controlled the panic about being away from home. Also at the weekend, I took something with a rip in it to the mending place. I mean, the mending place was obviously shut, but I still tried. And now the rip thing is in the car where it'll stay for six months. But I tried, which means that I made the effort to do something that wasn't woven into my established routine of doing only what needs doing every day, followed by telly, because that's what the last 18 months have been. So every time I do something even minusculely other, I also feel like I deserve a sort of micro medal from the universe because I feel heroic. I'm delighted with myself. And I so I, I wonder, Emily, if we feel like this, is this the beginning of our comeback? Oh, my Such God. Such as it is. Yes, I mean, they, maybe. Maybe they say bank the wins, don't they? But do they really mean these wins? Is it, <laughs> is it OK to feel really quite pleased about finding the energy to buy 
a new and slightly complicated light bulb when other people are running marathons? Is it normal to be proud of myself for hand washing a jumper when other people are writing books? It's like my life has become the sports day where I always get a prize just for turning up, even if I'm the one crying and sitting under a tree refusing to do the hurdles, <laughs> which yes. was the story of my childhood. <laughs> so, but does this, does this signify the turning of a corner? Um, yes, of course, our worry and the self-doubt is always present. It's just sort of part of the texture of who we are. It's always thrumming away deep in our consciousness. But these tiny lifts, they feel quite nutritious because the more I'm able to actually genuinely congratulate myself for managing to meet someone for a cup of coffee rather than just beating myself up for not managing to do whatever else, bigger things. The, the more I'm able to do that, the more I believe that life isn't over. And there was a time as we emerged from lockdown in the early summer that I felt my life was only ever going to be pyjamas, Zoom, Pilates, deadlines, Instagram, fond text messaging with my friends and vodka. So this glimmer of possibility is perhaps the reignition, the reigniting of something. And if I can fan those flames by patting myself on the back, if I manage to go and see an exhibition, for example, then onwards. Because, you know, I'm cleaning out the encrusted bins today, writing books and marathons at some point. So, you know, it reminds me that the power of possibility is a beautiful thing. Do you know what I think we need? I mean, I go totally on. agree with you. I think we need an, a possibility app. Like an mm. app that reminds us that we're, why the way we can bank our wins like pennies, and then be reminded that we've banked, you know, 25 achievements that could be anything from I considered going to an exhibition to I, you know, made my bed. But the app would have sheets. to know, wouldn't it? The app would have to know. You wouldn't have to, like, write it in like a gratitude app. You wouldn't have to plug it. It would just know. It would just know. Yes, exactly. And it because would remind it... you that things were possible. Because our phones are so clogged with uses. I mean, the moment we read about an app or hear about an app we download it and we don't know what most of them do I mean if I glance at my phone now I can see six sleep apps just as many meditation apps I'm probably subscribed and paying for them all by the way as I don't know how to unsubscribe but I'm too mean to upgrade to premium on the apps I actually use which is weird <laughs> I've got an app to identify plants and trees there's um, bizarrely a karaoke app a parking app four weather apps that all say different things so I never know which one I'm going to believe I mean, what if we could get our hands on the apps we really need? Mm. You know, the ones that could make a difference to the fabric of our everyday lives. Yeah, like what about um, an app that could read your mood? So it tells you, but like obviously in a loving and supportive way, because we don't want any hostility, that you are irritable, unreasonable and warns you to avoid conflict as you are dangerously cross and very likely to be an arsehole in any given situation. Yeah, the arsehole app, right? Yeah, yeah, just so you know, because knowing that you are the arsehole really helps you to avoid situations. Do you know what I mean? You know, unless things are so bad that you just want to blow everything up, in which case this app has an emergency setting to warn anyone you are likely to come into semi-close contact with. So other drivers, other shoppers, people working customer service, your siblings, sort of like a arsehole track and trace app, but more reliable. But more reliable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What about the app that, um, that warns you when you're about to run into someone you're at school with? So you can decide whether to run or you can plan your little speech, which would all have to be delivered while walking. So you'd say, oh, my God, it's you. Oh, my God, don't you look great? And it changed a bit. Except you're Sheikah. How is Sarah? Do you still see her? Oh, wonderful. I wish I could stop, but I've got a, a meeting or a, 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 a parking ticket or an appointment at the clinic or, or, or I've got to go and meet the drug dealer. Anyway, you're done. You've dealt with it. You're done. OK, also, also, we need an app that tells you when you are about to run into an ex-boyfriend 
just yeah, basically, just to give you options. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you can either like put on a full face of makeup and some support knickers, if that's your vibe, and decide to smile or be gracious and enigmatic just to prove how happy you are, or prepare a, a withering comment or concise character assassination speech, depending on what the situation demands. But the and app would have to ensure that the ex-boyfriend gets no such warning because he doesn't fucking deserve it. No, he doesn't, motherfucker. Motherfucker. An app for when we feel hungry. <laughs> I mean, that's just, for me, that's always But in this instance, it could calculate what you really wanted to eat. So you didn't eat lots of something else before you realised what you really want. Oh my God, that would be so fucking brilliant. Because it's so annoying, you know, when you inhale the fridge or like eat two mugs of dry country nut and half a wheel of brie before realising that actually one piece of toasted sourdough with butter and marmite and an ugly cry would have scratched the itch. Mm. I mean, anything to avoid the flail. And I don't mean the medieval um, weapon. I mean, just the general emotional, physical, sweaty flail. For example, an app that had self-inputted all your clothes, your diary, your menstrual cycle, the weather, your body temperature and your stress levels into itself. So it's done the inputting. Then it would lay out the outfit. The outfit's oh becoming God. like a house elf now, um, <laughs> including the shoes and the underwear. And then it would lock your wardrobe so you can't start fucking around and trying to cancel and getting hysterical <laughs> and trying everything on. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, I need all of these things. Do you know the other thing I need? And we were talking about this a few weeks ago about how bad we are at confrontation. How no matter how articulate and kind of, you know, whatever we may seem at any one point, when it comes to confrontation or argument we're just like lost we need what an argument about? app exactly so that when you're just at the seething inward stage and a confrontation is looming yeah which is obviously you know terrifying you can upload all your thoughts and your point of view and your killer lines and your general rightness and then implant the whole lot back into your brain i mean ai has got to be useful for something right i don't just want to pretend to go to the maldives but it would presumably plant all these things back into your brain just at the point when terror and adrenaline and stress has robbed you of your power of speech correct so you don't just say oh Gosh, sorry, you're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Or I and never you want also to... don't just say, I never want to see you again. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. it protects you from the two extremes, the doormat <laughs> or the sort of terrorist, right? <laughs> oh, the argument app, that would be good. It would definitely be good. An app that can tell you whether the man who's just asked you out for a drink is um, a liar or a cheater or a gambler, married, too sexually adventurous for you, not sexually adventurous enough for you, mean when drunk or mean when sober, controlling or victimy, boring, codependent, rude to waiters generally, obsessed with his mother or obsessed with how much he hates his mother, <laughs> too jealous, not jealous enough, unsupportive, interfering, messy, a snorer or just not that into you. I mean, you'd never have sex again, but at least you'd feel safe. <laughs> you'd feel so safe. Can I just say, though, all of this information is probably out there. And, and, you know, it's all on everyone's phones and whatever. We're sharing all this data all the time. It must be possible to work this shit out. Someone somewhere knows all this shit. They're just they, not telling us. They're just not telling us, fucking assholes. In fact, the other thing that might be good, and this is, this is probably more for me than you, is an app that will tell you when a conversation is coming to its natural conclusion. I get so, like, nervy. Oh, yes, yeah, so it would stop you from, from oversharing or, or showing off. Oh, my God, showing off. being actually, a bore. Oh, God, don't. I know, or going too far, just generally. Just actually just say, 
Right, and now we're tailing off and it's appropriate to say, I'll leave you. What is that great line when you exit? Well, I'll just let you get on with what you're doing. Or don't let me keep you. Oh, yes. Don't let me keep you. And it strikes me that right now it might tell us. <laughs> yes, please don't let us keep you. Please. <laughs> that this podcast has reached an... Happy ending. Ah, oh, that's Emily's line. Oh. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. Not everyone you meet will see your magic. Bye.